Hey, one fans, Andy here. We're going to Cisco Live, and we can't wait to see you there. If we see you wearing an A1 or Cables to Cloud shirt at Cisco Live, we'll enter you in our giveaway that includes a bunch of cool prizes like an A1 branded Yeti cup and an OCG of your choice from our friends at Cisco Press. Don't have a shirt? No problem. Head to the link in our bio and grab yours today. See you soon. This is the Art of Network Engineering podcast. In this podcast, we'll explore tools, technologies, and talented people. We aim to bring you information to expand your skill sets and toolbox and share the stories of fellow network engineers. Welcome to the Art of Network Engineering podcast. Uh, this is The Voice, and this is your host, Aaron Weiler, uh, also known as Aaron Engineered, everywhere books are sold. AJ, Dan, and Andy, three of the coolest guys you've never met in real life, but you will today. Andy, how's your day, sir? Pretty good. Got up at 5 a.m. for maintenance window, did the thing all day, and here we are. And here we are. It's not 5 a.m., folks, just an update, so you know. It's not 5 a.m. <laughs> another day. Uh, <laughs> it actually, was a good day. <laughs> I actually got up pretty early today, too, which is not typical for me. But anyway, uh, Mr. Richards. How are you, sir? How do you pack it? I'm doing great. It's good to see your face. How you got you the uh, the art of network engineering T-shirt on over there. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, look at you. Where'd you get that mm. bad boy, huh? Share share your secrets. Off uh, off the internet. You did. <laughs> it came from the internet. <laughs> How do I get one of them? Well, Andy, <laughs> you just put your card in and it sends it to you. <laughs> You put your credit card in the CD drive, and it just comes to your door. <laughs> oh, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Okay. Uh, last and certainly not least, AJ. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm swell. Thank you for asking. Uh, peachy as as usual. Normally, I'm the one. This is, this is uh, a unique episode because not only are we traveling countries, but we're traveling continents as well as time zones and the international dateline. So if you didn't know that was a thing, have fun Googling that. But in case you didn't know, if you go backwards enough, and backwards I mean like to the west, the, the opposite direction um, of the way the time zones are laid out, you actually end up in the next day, which, yeah, look, I'm just a network engineer. I don't get it either. <laughs> so <laughs> It's time travel. It's time, it literally is time travel. But all the way... From a 24-hour plane ride away is Daniel, and your your at is uh, what? What's your at? Uh handle set, like Daniel Daniel Teshney. Daniel yeah. Teshney. We were we had to ask him how he says his last name too because uh, he's got a lot of Y's in there, and we didn't want to hack it to death. But I went ahead and hacked it to death anyway because I anyway. So thank you for joining us. Um, we know we're on a bit of a time delay here too because. This is how we work in real life. We are, we're dealing with some latency. So we'll ask you a question and, and uh, give you like half a second to answer because I know there's a little grace period there. I've talked to people across the world before and it, sometimes it's not very easy, but thank you for joining us. We know it's also about to be summer down there, right? Yeah, that's right. Thank you everyone for having me. Yeah, it's man. It's great to be here. Yeah, man. Um, 
So like we got started, you know, we were we've been talking about stuff like just kind of how the state of things are and you know the podcast, right? All we do is talk about what's relevant to us and basically like how you get ahead and things like that. So you've been listening, right? You've heard every episode, I'm assuming up to this point because we were just talking about Knox's episode. Yeah, that's right. I've been listening to all of them so far. Okay, okay. So thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank first, you. first and foremost, thank you so much. Uh, secondly, though, as an Australian, like you're in a completely different like mindset, right? So when you hear us and you hear our guests and stuff, are there things that like resonate for you, or is it just like a completely different like outlook that you have just because of like where you're from? Yeah, I, as a result of listening to the podcast, um, there, there are a lot of themes that correlate between between Australia and, and here, and the people that you've had on the podcast um, all have very similar traits and uh, similar approaches to things. So I think that in a lot of ways it's similar. Um, a network is a network, like um, right. you know, it routes packets just the same way in, in Australia as it does in in Ghana, in London, in the in the US. So, I mean, there's only so so many certain ways that you can do networking. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's similar. Um, some of the there's definitely some cultural differences in regards to how um, companies are structured and how people pro- progress through their careers. Mm. Uh, that's probably a little bit different. Uh, also, being in a for lack of a better term, you know, a satellite country where a lot of the innovation doesn't come out of. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes uh, it's it's easier for us to look from the outside in on, on what's happening in, in places like the US. Mm. So um, that's a little bit different as well. And then in terms of, of how networks get delivered or, or products get delivered to, cu- to end customers, uh, the structures, maybe we use slightly different terms here. So mm. uh, I believe... In, in the US, there's the term value-added reseller. We, we use a slightly different term mm. you know, um, called professional services or managed services, mm-hmm. um, which roughly does the same thing, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. So, yeah, just to summarize, there's a, there's a lot of similarities and there are some differences. So mainly just like how you guys name things and, you know, just some little bits and pieces here, which is, I mean, is true for just the language period, right? I mean, just over time, there's just things we call different things. Um, which makes sense. That actually reminds me of the time. Do you, do you ever watch The Office? Yes. Okay. Both both versions. Yes. Thank you for saying that, by the way, because the British version is awesome and it's very underappreciated. Um, but there's a part where they go on a sales call. It's it's Andy and Michael, and they go on a sales call together. And he's like, he's like, man, I really shrewded that one back there. And he's like, what? He's like, well, that's what people say around the office when they screw something up that they really pulled a shrewd. <laughs> Or they shrewded it. And he's really just trying to get Michael to hate Dwight, right? And he's like, he's like, yeah, it's weird. He's like, I wonder why they call it that. This is Andy like trying to fish for it. He's like, I wonder why they call it that. And Michael just goes, I mean, I don't know. Like, where do words come from? <laughs> just like serious. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's like, you know, like, who knows? I mean, over time, right? It's just the way it is. So you got a pretty cool job, though. So you work for... Um, and I, I want, I want to get to a little bit of specifics, you know, not to name names, but just kind of like, 
in your industry a little bit. So, but you're you work for a toll road, right? Yeah, so um, I've been in my current role for a few months now, mm-hmm. and I work for a, a toll road provider uh, called Transurban, and they uh, own and manage and operate to- toll roads in Australia, uh, in the Washington area, in Amer- in the US, and also one toll road or one toll bridge in Montreal. So hmm. um, that's interesting. Like- this is the first time I've worked in in this particular industry, but I've worked in. A whole bunch of verticals over my career. So, so how do okay? So then, how does the company do that? Cause got my wheels turning here. So they just like go and bid on toll contracts. I'm guessing. Yeah. So it's it's different for each country. Yeah. Uh, but but just just to talk more a little more about Australia as a country um, on the eastern seaboard is where the vast majority of the population live, mm-hmm. and and in those areas, uh, you know. Australia, in terms of modern civilization, is is a relatively new country. So, hmm. um, over you know since since World War Two, uh, when there was a large intake of of immigrants, um, we've had quite a large population expansion. So, hmm. in order to <clears throat> build uh, you know road assets so that people can get from A to B, the, the government um, contracts out you know, the building of those roads hmm. or the managing of those roads, etc. So it's different in, in each um, country. So some of the roads are already existing and need to be maintained. Others need to be built from scratch. Yeah, because I, I remember like a long time ago, uh, I think it was like in high school or something, and I was watching the Discovery Channel and they were showing these roads that go from Eastern Australia to Western Australia. And it's like it is here, right? Most of the United States is kind of empty like that as well, but it's not as desolate as, as yours can get out in the quote unquote bush. Uh, but you guys have laws where you can have a tractor trailer with like six trailers on it, right out there. Yeah, we, yeah, they have road, they call them road trains. That's so, insane. Um, if you got, you guys, if you're wow. listening to this, Google it, it's freaking insane to see like, and, and the reason, though, is because it's such a long road, right? And it's like from, I mean, it's thousands of miles. So it's like they don't need to turn, <laughs> right? So you just kind of do that. That's cool. That's a, I, was, I was expecting, half expecting you for to be like, yeah, yeah, we own one of those roads. And I was like, whoa, that's impressive. Um, so like the, the toll road stuff, as far as IT goes, then you got hired to do what job? Are you just a network engineer? <laughs> just. Are you a network engineer or... Are you a junior network engineer? Are you the director of procurement? What's your job? My role is um, I've been hired as a network automation engineer. Oh! Dun, 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 dun. Watch out, Andy. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Andy's wait, no, no, you, you didn't... You didn't okay. What's funny is how you phrased that. Like, well, what I was hired for was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No, no, I'm definitely doing network automation. So, In fact, uh, do it, do it all day, every day, which is, which is great for me because that's that's what I'm interested in. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what I'm starting to get good at. Uh, so, it's really the sweet spot of everything that I'm looking for in a role. Is that a common? Uh, so, is that a common thing down there to see that job open? No, it's not. Okay. Um, and the other, the other thing too is. Even though Australia is large in size, it's not really that large in population. Yeah. So to you know, as as you 
as you four are aware, you know, you need to be a certain size company to even warrant hiring a single network engineer. Yep. Then you need to be, you know, X amount of scale to have a team of network engineers. And then you need to be an X amount of scale larger to maybe prioritize network automation over network engineering. Not that I think that they're different, but, you know, from a hiring perspective, uh, that that is why there's so many limited roles because companies and the size of companies and the size of networks in Australia, um, there are some big networks, you know, like national banks and that sort of thing, or, or you know, national supermarket chains, but, you know, there isn't, there isn't thousand plus sites, you know, there, there's very small companies with that hmm. sort of footprint. Uh, the company that I work for, uh, you know, they, they, as part of their strategic plans are planning to you know use automation more and more to to deliver business outcomes um more broadly not just network automation so uh, they're probably one of the the more innovative companies in that space in terms of looking at the market and and trying to find a smarter way of doing things is that a common thing though for you like you were looking like you wanted to specifically do that so like is that something you you do a lot or is this something that you just started doing like did you have a network engineer role before where you were in automation or like talk, talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah. So I guess, um, do you want me to go back to the start? Yeah. You know what, you know, what's interesting. And and I, and we do normally do this, but, um, I think that our audience, it would be super interested to hear how even like how high school goes for you. Right. Because, you know, we learn way different things than you do, of course, just based off of priorities. Like, you know, who who tells us we what to do? How to ride kangaroos to work? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm wait a minute, because I was going to ask it. That they're, they're, they're actually the biggest competitor for toll roads. So uh. the kangaroos. Yeah, wait a minute, because <laughs> I thought you were just born like that. You just don't know, naturally know how to do that. They teach you how to do it. Were you not born in a kangaroo yeah. pouch? <laughs> Oh, stop us, dude. Hey, you, you feel free yeah. to throw out all the, the McDonald's and bald eagle jokes you want. We can take it, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but before we wander too far away, I, I, want, I just want to ask this question. So you're a network automation engineer. Uh, do yep. you also have just network engineers or just people that focus yeah. on the network engineering yep. and then you do the automation piece? Yeah. So the, the vast majority of the team would be network engineers. Uh, we, yeah. I'm the, the sort of the only full-time network automation engineer. Although, oh. um, we will hopefully Unicorn. be expanding in that in that area. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's something that um, we're trying to build some capability. We're trying to build platforms, um, and ultimately, my role is to to deliver business outcomes, but also to enable those network engineers to move away from from menial tasks or compliance tasks and you know a lot of the tooling that that i hope to build and plan to build will be to alleviate you know some of the more menial jobs that people have to do like what give us an example yeah so um a lot of companies not just just the company i work for i've done consulting roles in the past have compliance obligations so you know pci personal card information yep compliance um so automating those those evidence gather, gathering activities so that you can supply them to auditors. Hmm. But more importantly, um, 
you, you usually have to prove your compliance yearly in Australia, yep. but you really don't really want to wait 11 and a half months to find out that your network has gone out of compliance. Um, mm -hmm. That's something that you want to uh, automate and, and detect the drift as soon as possible. Uh, you got, so, you got Andy sweating over there. He knows probably more than anybody here. <laughs> like, so in, you mentioned PCI. He said PCI. Right, he, said he, was PCI. Like... he got triggered. You, you, it's, you, in, you mentioned like that, right? Like the, the auditing and stuff. Like you, you work for a toll road. So for those of that are listening and don't know what PCI is, you're right. It's, it's pay card information, right? So it's, your credit card information, like the, the code on the back, the expiration date, all that stuff has to be protected so that we as consumers don't get hurt by a data breach, right? So, and what you're saying is since, since the toll roads collect money, you know, just like every other business in the world, it, they are responsible for maintaining their data integrity so that somebody doesn't uh, attack you and then get all of our, we, we know it happens like, and I'm not saying your company, but happens all the time, right? stuff gets breached uh basically what you're trying to do is since that's just a really a lot of like getting all that data for the for the uh auditors is just a very like i don't know blocking and tackling sort of situation we call it right where it's like you know it's, it's like grunt work where it's easy but it's just mm -hmm. very time consuming and there's a lot of data and spreadsheets and crap right cool takes a yeah. long you know, time that's probably relative to like how many you know network nodes you have in your mm -hmm. in your in your entire network there i've been pulled into those so. pci audits and it's a nightmare because so, we weren't automating yeah. at the time well then let me ask you this because that brings up actually just another thing that they could get you for because so for instance in america like the banks are very heavily regulated when it comes to i think this has to do a lot with the auditor personally they're audited based off of like, you know, what they're using. So the guy that's the auditor, the girl that's the auditor goes in, checks what they have, make sure that everything's buttoned down, like you said. But if I, I, can, I can almost guarantee you that if, if this, like, let's say it was a bank and the guy was doing an audit or a girl was doing an audit and you were like, oh, yeah, I'm the automation engineer. They would be like, wait, what? And out of fear, they would probably say you can't do that. Right. Like that would be that would be out of compliance. And I don't know for sure. Right. Like if you could do that at, at a bank here. But I just know how like I know how stingy they are. And maybe can, Andy can back me up on this. But they, they tend to they tend to fear and just blanket statement. know everything they don't understand. So great example. SD-WAN. I mean, you're an automation guy. SD-WAN is like the consumer version of that. Right. Where it's like it's very it's very easy. It's, you know, zero touch. But, you know touch only if you need to and then set it and forget it right uh but i know that auditors out there like governments all that stuff they're very stringent when it comes to that they just shy away they're like nope that's actually out of complaint you can't use the cloud or something right that's that was a big fear for a while too nope can't use the cloud that's not it's not compliant or uh pci compliant whatever uh so yeah it as far as your auditing like your day-to-day -day auditing goes like they're auditing you for PCI compliance, but they haven't said a word about you being like an automation dude. They don't, they don't get scared by that. Yeah. So, uh, I've only recently joined, so I haven't been around during, during mm. this particular order, but, um, okay. It essentially, you need to provide evidence that you're, that you're meeting compliance. And usually what they do is they pick a random subset of, of devices that you have. So if you have, mm. I don't know, a hundred, cisco routers and 35 
Aruba switches, they will just pick three at random and they'll ask you to provide, you know, is the right level of SSH um, encryption enabled on this switch, etc., etc. So hmm. um, obviously you don't know which ones they're going to pick prior to, to the audit. So right. your best bet and, and not only just trying to pass compliance, but the, the whole point of PCI compliance is it's a set of recommendations or practices that you really should be doing anyway, even if you're not totally, a PCI customer. Totally, totally. So um, really you want to automate the validation of that on every device at all times uh, just for your own benefit. So hmm. yeah, that's <clears throat> that's what that's what we will hopefully try and achieve. So you so uh, when you say automation for you, because we've been talking about a lot about like compliance and basically like you proving that you guys are buttoned up where you should be. Uh, do you find that your automation is more of like information gathering as opposed to configuration changes? So if I talk about uh, my current role, we're, we're we're going through phases. Yeah. Uh, of uh, of the automation journey but i might just talk more generally about automation um so automation has all forms of um, activities that you need to do so really the first thing you need to do is workflow what it is that you're trying to automate if you can't workflow what you're trying to automate you should we really shouldn't be automating it so whether that's gathering information deploying configurations um you know, uh, building chatbots, whatever the case may be, you you really should um, take the time to document or, or what I call workflow. You know how how a network engineer does it today, or how someone does it today. So that's that's really the the most mm. important skill that you need. And that's uh, you, if you take that mindset to it, like you can automate, you can automate. You know, making a coffee machine. You can automate. I like that. I don't know, whatever the case may be, but if you don't know how it automates and, and more importantly, you don't know when you need the inputs and at what time, for example, if I take the coffee machine, if you don't know that, you know, you need to monitor the water levels, you know, because if there's no water, you can't produce the coffee. If you don't understand those dependencies, those inputs and outputs, um, you'll spend a lot of time attempting to automate something, but you, you won't get that far. Um, that's a, that's a mistake that I see a, a few people make. Um, and it's really an important skill being able to take uh, a non-automation requirement. So something like, I want to check all the VLANs and taking that statement and breaking it down into exactly what that means and sub-steps. Um, hmm. And that, term, that, that workflow is sometimes referred to as pseudocode. So, you know, writing out, you know, if else human readable logic and then are developing your automation solutions against that logic. This is that's, extremely that's smart. Uh, and maybe I'm just stupid. That's probably the more likely scenario, but that seems <laughs> like, I mean, it's like how you write a movie, right? You like take the book and you, and you make a storyboard, right? And you're like, you know, this is where people will stand. This is how you get there and all this other stuff. So you can just follow along. I mean, it makes sense, but, um, okay. So let's back up for a second. Cause I, I had to stop myself from asking you how long you've been in automation. So, let me just start way back at the beginning. Spare us the part where your parents were hooking up, but get us to like, I don't know, <laughs> sophomore year in high school, which would be 10th grade in uh, primary school. Is that what you guys call it? Okay. We call it secondary school. Just kidding. Secondary school. <laughs> yeah. So at that, so we have, uh, 
we have six years in secondary school and the last two years you do uh, precursor subjects and then at that point you decide whether you want to go to university or I believe what you call like a, a community college or you decide to do a trade you know at the end of year 12 so year 11 I um, enrolled in the Cisco Networking Academy that was mm. back in 2002 and that was my first experience in networking I'm gonna say this and right now you don't look 36 are you 36 um, the I'm 34, so that's why I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why he doesn't. What a compliment! Burn. <laughs> well, in case you were wondering, if if somebody just randomly comes up to you on the street and says, "Hey, uh, yeah," so since you're 36, you tell them, "Hey, look, Aaron said I don't look a day over 35." So, but either way, you don't yeah. look like you're in the mid 30s. Okay, that's basically what I meant by that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> why no, did I you know, sign up for you. Cisco Networking Academy? Did you have an interest in? Uh, in tech yeah i mean i was lucky enough to be one of those people who my dad worked in uh in the carpet uh you know cut in in uh car manufacturing business so he mm. had a, comp a personal computer at home it was like a rare thing in australia at that time yeah so, you know I'd, I'd always um interact with computers at, at that time in my life, I was I was adamant I was going to become a physio, and then uh, I decided to take this this IT course purely out of I thought it would be easy for me to understand because I already know how to use computers. I soon learnt that I knew nothing about networking, <laughs> and, Whoa, uh, yeah, back up. and that it was a pretty <laughs> steep learning curve. Um, but it was probably you know it definitely was life changing uh, because. Prior to that, I probably would have done something completely different, not in IT. And also, I did. I I used to live in a regional city, so it was it. You know, this city only had seventy thousand people, so it would have been a pretty rare thing to have a Cisco networking academy in a city of seventy thousand people. So I mean, dude, I was you're right on. Because oh, Andy and I were talking. To, Andy was trying to figure out if it existed when he was in high school. I think we found out it was not right. Um, so I graduated high school in 2000. I was like 100% positive it didn't exist then, but I, I guess it turns out it was cause you know, you're not that far behind me. So, and, and especially in that, because that's how big the city I lived in was, was roughly about the same size as yours. And I could tell you that, yeah, you would have had to went to a major city to, to get something like that. Or you would have been in like, like we have some of these like high schools that they're like, well, we have private schools, right, where you can pay to go to and, you know, it's supposedly better. But I can imagine a place like that having that or like a college preparatory school having something like that because they do – it's so weird. They do actually focus on your future. Shh, what a concept. Like <laughs> <laughs> they care what happens to you after year 12, which is, wow, that's freaking crazy. Uh, so, yeah. you, so, so you guys – hold on. I, I just want to ask a, a question too because you brought this up. Like your dad had a computer. Do you remember what kind of computer it was? Was it a Dell? No, uh, he, he he had a few, but oh, okay. um, I I remember playing games on like those massive. Is it called the the five inch hard disks? Oh yeah, the floppy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then, um, I remember when we first got a computer with a CD-ROM in it. I remember when we first got the internet. Tight. Waiting. Um, yeah. So nice. I've, I've, I've been there from from the start of guess. And now, I, and now guess, you're automating like, consumer internet. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at you go. Automated. Wait, yeah. hey, just wait till you turn thirty-six. The world is your oyster. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah. so you go to you go to college or you go to 
you go to the Cisco Netacad. Did you get yeah, a CC at a high school? At a, in high school or out of high school? Yeah, in in high school. In high school. Oh, that's rad. Did you oh, did wow. you certify then, or did you wait till afterwards? Or no. So then I f- I finished that course, and mm-hmm. then I enrolled in a diploma of IT network engineering, and that was at a private community college, and that was a one year course. And during that course, I got my my A plus, my CompTIA A plus, my CompTIA Network plus, my Microsoft Certified Systems Administrator 2000. Wow. Uh, my and then I got my CCNA during during doing that. You did all and, that in one year. Yeah, because it was basically like eight to five every day, like Monday to wow. Friday. Take that, AJ. Um, and. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, I got to six weeks before the end, and I did a, a work placement, which was part of the course. And oh. i i got a I got a job swapping out uh, FPOS registers for a supermarket, and then I just didn't go back and finish the course. So I've got, you know, I I didn't go back and do this one module, which, you know, thirty four year old Daniel looks back and thinks. Uh, you should have just done it. Idiot for not finishing it. But, think, um, anyway, that's, Daniel, that's the way think, it is. I think you're all right, man. You're all right. Yeah. yeah. Were all those certs you got? Was that your first year of university? You said. Yeah. Yeah, I know, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm moving. Generally, generally speaking, the first year of university in America is absolutely a joke. wash. Yeah. You're, it's it's like yeah. high school. They teach you how to brush two. your teeth. It's stupid. It's yeah. it's a uh, drunken volleyball on the beach yep. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And Andy's skydiving, <laughs> Andy's ponytails, like, yeah. you name it, man. It, so here's, it, yeah, here's waking a, up not knowing where you're at. Here's another guy. Like, I wish I was in Australia and got all those certs my freshman year in, high, in college. That's just that's amazing. That's great. Well, the fact like, you're in Cisco Network Academy in high school too. I mean, just man, that's awesome. He's kind of doing saying the same thing you are though, right? He even got all those certs, but he's like, man, I wish I would have just finished. So it's like, it just kind of goes to show you, right? Like. You could always look back and be like, oh, I wish I would have done that. But look at all of us now. We're just oh, leveraging yeah. what we did do because that's all you can do, right? Um, yeah. Some of us are a little bit further than the others. That's all. all so, right. so Starting at 18 and starting at 33. 100% <laughs> Big difference. difference. Big yeah. difference. Well, just yeah. look at it this yeah. way. Now you don't have to retire till you're 80. So you get to have all that fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so so you, yeah. you, don't, you don't finish school. You get job placed. So you so, – yeah. I didn't realize, and please take this as a compliment, I didn't realize you were this old. So, And the reason why that's interesting to me is because you've obviously been working for close to 15 years at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, seven, uh, 17 years, I think. Yeah, 17, so, okay, so right um, when you were 18. And then. then, and yeah, and then, yeah, I took a bit of a detour for a while. So then I obviously got a job because I was just keen to, to get money and and to be independent and i started I, I did the the fpos job for a little bit swapping out uh sorry uh cash registers mm-hmm. fpos machines yeah and point of sale moved, pos right yeah yeah yep and then i moved into a role swapping end of lease computers mm-hmm. so in australia um companies lease computers for three years and then they swap them out so i was doing uh basically end of end of lease replacement computers so imaging machines and, mm. and swapping them out and then uh towards the end of working for that company i started m- actually managing um relocations so we this is back 
you know, when the internet was was no good. So, you know, if you were Wait, a major year? company, uh, 2004. Okay, so here it mm. was already good. I don't want to ruin it for you, <laughs> but uh, we had broadband in 2004. Yeah. Well, maybe you did wherever you were. Well, okay, Vermont and Australia are basically the same thing to me because I don't know where either one of them are. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So, so but, yeah. but how long were you doing that role for the the swapping leases or uh, lease machines, and then also how long were you doing the POS install? So I did the the P- POS installs for only like two two months, and then I. Okay. Moved into this desk, this um, desktop end of lease replacement role for about I don't know seven or eight months, and then um, and then I moved into the another component of that team called the relocations team. So uh, the company that we worked for, they had numerous buildings in the central business district in Melbourne, and what they would do would be they'd refurbish a floor, like you know put in new desks, you know new paint mm-hmm. job, etc. And they'd need to move the computers from one floor to the other. Hmm. And then sometimes they'd need to move from, you know, like 100 High Street down to 400 High Street, hmm. which was their other building. Yeah. So I was um, in charge of like organizing all the relocations of the computers, you know, what packing up, like organizing to get staff members to pack up the computers and then... Uh, getting the delivering people to you know pick up those computers and put them at the new desk at the new location and then setting up those computers and then doing things like robocopying their user user profiles from hmm. from the 100 high street server to the 400 high street server dude i love that so, yeah I, d- I love that term that's the best term yeah. ever i have a robocop so, tattoo i just want everybody <laughs> to know that yeah and so Slightly i did that different for, <laughs> is it though <laughs> is it a tramp stamp uh yeah when they're, your back. they're all they're all connected <laughs> together in theory i just have one giant tramp stamp oh god sorry daniel like, sorry daniel um so that's, that's so, okay so so how long was that project for for you we said like eight I, or nine I, months right i did that role so moving computers around from various locations for another I think it would have been about three or four months and and at this point I was I was living um, in this regional city that I lived in called Geelong and I was commuting up to Melbourne every day so you know it it had taken an hour and a half every day and so I got one way or two ways one way Mm. oh man yeah so I got I got sick of that pretty quickly and then uh, and then I um took a, a, a role on the service desk at the university in the in the city that I lived in in Geelong and then and then from there I stayed there for about six years but I worked in the service desk and and sort of progressed my way up you know level one level two level three and uh, I I'd, at this point I'd I still you know during all this time which is probably three or four no, it's probably about five years. You know, I still liked networking. I still enjoyed it, but there just wasn't any opportunities without having experience, um, mm. as we all know. So mm. I went down the heavy certification route, but without, you know, the exposure or the experience. And it was that chicken and egg scenario. Yeah. But I was I was lucky enough that um, during working at the university, they had a team of network engineers. And, uh, you know, the management there 
were supportive in um, allowing me to speak to the to the network team leader and expressing my interest. And he he and my manager agreed for me to work one day a week for for his team. Oh wow! So that was that was my uh, foot in the door. Okay, so but you did f- this all on your own, and 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 you listen to the show, so you you know probably why I'm stopping right here. Okay, it's either me or 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 Andy that's gonna stop you, and and say, <laughs> okay, what what did you do? Because there's two things that I heard right there. Number one, you had a job for about four years, and you were like helped us one, two, three, four. Like you basically got a new job every year. You got like a promotion. Yeah. Um, but then yep. you also convinced somebody on a completely different department to get you got you got the managers to talk to each other and agreed to let you go do that job for a day a week. Like this is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. But yeah, I've never heard this. I've before, never heard this before. Yeah. You hear stuff yeah, you, like you this, right? Yeah, you enter through the bottom and then work your way up to the. It, it, top. It, it, yes. and, you, and you hear you hear stuff like this all the time. You hear you hear like. Like, oh, I, I expressed it. I told the networking dude, like, hey, like, let me have some projects or whatever. And he was like, sure. And maybe, yeah. like, he let you watch for an hour or something. But the fact that you got the managers to talk and he gave you the opportunity to go in there a day a week. Like, they talked it out. Like, that was your full-time job for that eight hours. Like, that is such a cool thing. Because, like you said, you're stuck in the the chicken or the egg situation. And yeah. And there's ways to dig yourself out of that, which you're, you're clearly telling us right now. Like, how do you get experience without experience? Doesn't make any sense. And the answer is always figure it out. Just figure it out. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I also think that, um, you need to be, you need to be realistic with yourself and you need to, um, like just, just talking from like a personal, uh, personal values point of view, you need to, um, like understand that if you want to if you want to get somewhere it's 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 up to you ultimately to to drive the change that you want to be or you want to become preach rather than relying on other people and so you know like it it wasn't smooth sailing i know i glossed over it no no it wasn't smooth sailing we know that yeah give us the dirty uh, yeah i mean i remember i remember we we on the help desk were, were allowed to do call manager, like Cisco call manager changes. So, oh, you know, God. update people's extensions or update people's people's uh, displays on their phones or yep. whatever the Reset case may be. Reset voicemail pins. Yeah, every five pins, minutes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you would always, uh, we, we'd always be sending tickets to the networking team and, you know, they might send tickets back. So, you know, as part of just being a curious person, I'd always try and think of ways of, like, do we really need to send this to the networking team? Could we do it for them? So I'd, mm. I'd always try and, um, you know, take the opportunity whilst I was talking to anyone related to networking to try and build a relationship or, or try and grease their wheels a bit. So try and take something off their plate they might not be interested in or um, whatever the case may be. So I think, like, the point of that is if you want to get somewhere, you've got to see it from the other person's point of view and you've got to almost answer the question to yourself of why would they bother to help me mm-hmm. i know that sounds quite abrasive but um no but it's true like you've got it you got to we all work in sales like that's another thing i believe in so um you've got to <laughs> be able to sell something to someone even if it's not a product if you want to sell yourself you've got to be able to sell the benefits to them I holy mean, crap if, if someone come up to you on the street and said buy this car for a thousand dollars and walked off i mean why would you you wouldn't that's 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 the way that I, Daniel, that I approached it. 
Question. Yep. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> like you listen to the show, you're like, I know what's going to get this Aaron dude jazzed. And <laughs> you're, you're over here pressing my book. I like, what do you want? A Christmas present? Like just send me your address, dude. I got you. It's all good. Um, he just wants a t-shirt. Uh, yeah, man. You know what? We're going to send you a t-shirt, dude. And, and I don't say Wait, that. He's paying the shipping on that. Uh, yeah, I will. <laughs> I will. Because like he just said, he greased the right wheels. And apparently I'm the right wheel. So so how did it go? You you always wanted to be in networking, but you didn't need experience. You were in help desk. You asked yep. your manager, hey, I'd like to get some experience in networking. What can you do for me? Yep. He talked to the networking manager, and then they worked out that you were going to work on the network. Partially, yes. I mean, so, so down? as wow. yeah, so as an organisation, they they're they they were one of the leading organisations, and they're quite mature. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of companies complain about how they can't get they can't get talent, but I don't see many of those companies developing talent. So, mm. um, it, it, the university's name is Deakin Deakin University. You know, they they decided that you know we can use this, the service desk as a way to get people who are talented or interested in the industry, and then we can progress them through our ranks into other areas of our organization. Right. So it wasn't just me at the time. There were other people that ended up as you know, web application programmers mm. or system administrators or whatever the case may cool. be. So they're, they're an example of an organization that takes a holistic approach to, mm. to talent and to progressing people. So you know, I saw those. I can't re- remember if I was the first one, but I'm, I'm sure that... Um, that would have been one of the reasons why I tried to sort of make it happen. But but if so, you didn't ask, you probably get... you would have stayed in help desk, right? Because we've heard yeah. this a lot. Aaron knows because he's got you know a background in, in sales. There's so much power in asking that question, something that you want. And there's a lot of people who don't ask because they're afraid. Yeah. And you yep. might still be sitting in help desk if you were waiting for your managers to read your mind and say, oh, I think you might want networking, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you have to be your own advocate and ask that question. It's that lot... seems to be the turning point in your career, right? Right there. Yeah. And then and then when I finally got the one day a week, I, um, I ended up just working um, on a project to swap out all the UPSs in, in the university. So, wow, were they addressable? Um, it wasn't, even, it wasn't even real networking. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Were they addressable? Just, uh, bench, bench lifting. Were they? No, were they? Oh yeah, you probably got a lot stronger. But were they addressable UPSs? Yeah. Okay, then yeah, yeah that's networking. You're bro. in, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you're in. You're, <laughs> you're in. Put that on your resume, dude. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was. I was wanting to ask that question. What does a a a network person who of one day a week? do on a on that one day of a week yeah were you getting like, <laughs> like tier one tickets like does what? does uh does like network connections go down and they're like wait a second oh yeah that's right daniel's daniel's working network today <laughs> like like how does that it's our how does part-timer that again <laughs> they probably yeah. asked you to update documentation right is that what they gave you when you started no i physically no? went around with 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 um a senior person and physically swapped out ups's in all you know, when you have a university campus, you have everything Huge. from a full-scale data center to machine rooms to swapping out UPSs in um, dormitories. In a dr- so, janitor closet or okay. something somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, you know, I'd, we'd, we'd have to do everything related to it. So we'd have to load test the batteries to make sure that batteries were going to, you know, be certified to do what they needed to do, network mm-hmm. the new devices, 
label them, you know, unbox it, the the whole the whole deal. So, um, and and as part of doing that, I just any chance that I could, that I could, um, you know, maybe persistently nudge my way into. Do you reckon I could? Do you reckon I could configure the switch port to, Asking, to connect right? the UPS up to yeah. whatever the case may be? This man is a renaissance um, man. One day he's slimy. installing freaking UPSs and laying down under, and the next thing you know, he's configuring switch ports, putting port fast on things he shouldn't, you know? <laughs> 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 Wait, did you do that for real? Put you didn't accidentally on. put port fast on something you shouldn't have, did you? Okay. No. I BPD. made plenty of other errors, which we BPDU can, uh, guard. Chat about. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so I love, first of all, I love the university experience because like if you look at design and I'll use Cisco as an example, like they call things campus, right? Like campus mm-hmm. design. I have to think that a lot of that came from a school campus because if you look at their design, like what is a campus design, right? Like you have like a service provider edge, you have a WAN edge, whatever you want to call it. You have a data center um, and then you have core access distribution. To your earlier point, like most places don't have all of that, right? Like they have some sort of collapsed version of that or like a flatter version with a little less moving parts, maybe a little more cloud, whatever. But what's cool in your situation is that like, it's a it's a true campus like in more than one word and you get to see and touch so many different things and not even on like a medium to mid-size scale like this is serious stuff here like i could speak for the universities here they're some of the first places that got like real serious network stuff and and you're the same age i am so i know when you were there and like what time that was and i have to imagine that like a lot of that stuff was like, like the network, like, so for instance, like Wi-Fi in the dorm and stuff like that, that, that stuff all yeah. had to be like coming out as you were there. Right. Like, like, Whoa, you know, you, there's just yeah. so much to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. So then, yeah. So during that time I, I did that one day a week and then, then a networking role came up where someone moved on and then I obviously applied for that role. Shoe in. And had to go through the interview process, and and do everything that was involved with that. So, did they ask you any um, like uh, CCNA like questions in the interview, like or I, I, or networking stuff? If I don't remember, I, I can't remember. But I, I I remember being so nervous about about going towards the interview. I remember being you know I I knew every person in the room except the university have a policy where they have had a policy where they have three interviewers. So. You know, two from the department you're from, and one from maybe the science department. You know, random. So they, they, That's weird. Yeah, just a random person who's probably there to assess your character or, or whatever oh. the case may be. That's and an interesting. I, I, that's an interesting concept because, for one, I've never heard of it, <laughs> so that that makes it interesting right off the bat. But what the theory? Like, I get that that you could maybe be a character judge, but what's interesting is like, I don't know. Do you ever? Do you know who Malcolm Gladwell is? You ever heard that name before? Uh, I think I have. Okay, yeah. Don't don't strain yourself too hard, because so he, he he writes books and like scientific books about like human behavior, right? And he's got a lot of famous ones out there, like Make It Stick and some others. He's just really into like how the human brain works, and he has a, a concept that he calls being mismatched, which I think is interesting. So, like the FBI and all these all these people, 
uh, always say like, oh, they could tell when someone's lying or like interrogating them and they can, they're uncomfortable and all these other things. Well, Malcolm has like just stacks of evidence and different sort of like research papers and all these publications that say like none of that is true. So basically what he says is like you can be mismatched. So for instance, like I, I'm very, I'm not mismatched at all. Like you can tell what's going on like in, in my inner self, right? But some people are like inwardly just like mad, but outwardly they look happy or vice versa. That's usually the worst one. They're happy on the inside, but their face, like you always, we always say the term like resting bitch face, right? Like that. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's like, get to run down here. Sure. <laughs> Your wife has an AJ. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this, so I'm not worried about her hearing. Uh, oh God, that, Mrs. Blinky, Mrs. Blinky. Yeah, so that, Mrs. That, Blinky. That brings up the the part about like the random person coming in the room to be like a quote unquote character witness, right? Like, like let's just see how good of a person this is. Like, that's a weird concept to me because if they knew anything about the science of human behavior, they would know that that was actually probably putting that person in a more uncomfortable situation, which is going to make them more likely to act like not themselves. Um, especially with those people that you know already, you know, are you're encompassed by people that you know, you've worked with, and then there's a stranger. That person already feels weird too, because they're kind of a stranger in the situation. But anyway, that this was it, it, that was just a weird thing to hear. So I, I just wanted to make sure that like I addressed it because I thought it was well, strange. In- interviews aren't supposed to be comfortable, right? It, Absolutely not. I, I and d- if yeah, he's I and if he's interviewing with people that he already works with. It could be a softball layup kind of thing for them. Like, oh, let's just give them but the I job. But I think that's so okay. I, like, uh, there's no, no, wrong yeah. with it. I, I, maybe that's why they bring him in, like, just as an objective well, third party that doesn't I, know him, hasn't worked with him. Like, why do you guys see in this guy? I don't see it. You know, maybe. I'm, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Devil's yeah. advocate. It, but to my earlier it, point, yeah, though, I think if they're going to bring in, like, a third party from, like, the outside, it might be with a department that they commonly do okay. work with. There's, you know, somebody that you maybe not see all the time, but would interact with at some point. Or maybe the help yeah. desk folks, right? Or like the sysadmins right. or something, right? Like, I mean, yeah. they, they kind of you... know what you're talking about. So like they somebody can... else in the greater IT team. Right. Not, they would at least uh, understand what was anything. happening in the room and they wouldn't yeah. just sit there like, oh, what? Um, so da- Daniel, beyond being nervous for that interview, which we'd all be, mm-hmm. did you feel like you could answer the questions? Did you have enough base of knowledge in your studies that you know, you, you, you could address these questions or were you just like, I don't know any of this stuff, guys, sorry. Yeah, I thought I would, but um, I guess reflecting back on that, I would have been 23 or 24 at the time and probably like in most young people, you know, you're not really sure who you are or who you aren't at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just remember like, you know, being in a very small town and back to what we were talking about at the very start, you know, there's only a certain amount of size companies that, offer those opportunities in those locations so you know I was, I was acutely aware that you know if i don't make it here as a network engineer there isn't there isn't going to be many other opportunities around town and then you know i might have to move move to the big smoke or whatever the case may be ooh, so ooh, you know i ooh. was i was probably feeling the pressure more yeah. upon myself rather than this was I, your you shot know, right this was a big deal for you, you absolutely yeah and um yeah i think I think putting pressure on yourself can be can be to, like debilitating sometimes. Also, sometimes I think you know, as, as a as a human, you should you know you, you should live up to your own expectations first. So um, yeah, like don't let yourself down. Thing. Of course, if you can manage yeah. the stress, you can use it to your advantage. Right, 100%. a little bit of adrenaline Absolutely. doesn't hurt in that kind of situation, but 
Yeah. If you if you panic and your prefrontal cortex shuts down, it's a different kind of. <laughs> or energy, you just right? mismatch, so you know, and you really act. just gotta take a crap. Who knows? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. how did you like? There's there's two things that I'm dying to know from you. One of them is is one thing that we've been trying to catch up to this whole time because I know AJ's chomping at the bit over there. How the hell did you get into automation, dude? And how long have you been <sighs> doing it? <laughs> okay. Cool. I'll, I'll, oh, wait, so, did he get I'll, that job? He, he, so you got yeah. the job. Yeah, you got the job. Yeah. He's in automation that. now. I, uh, I, I'm only pushing you forward a little bit because yeah, yeah. I, I just assumed that you had networking jobs, you know, throughout right, yeah. that time period, right? Which is, I'm sure, yep. uh, all interesting. We we have that, but I know the most interesting part, the morsel here, is is your automation. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how did you even find out about that kind of stuff? Like, just walk us through the whole journey yep. there. Yeah. So around 2015, I started working for uh, managed managed services professional services company and i was given the first project i was given was to do a large-scale wan migration so move 80 sites from one internet service provider to another internet service provider Mm -hmm. and so that involved writing change plans for them all uh you know coming up with a project schedule uh etc etc so during that i basically got an excel spreadsheet and put in one column the current config and then in the column next to it I put in the proposed config or the implementation plan and then the column next to it I put the implementation sorry the backout plan then on another excel tab I had the verification plan which was all the show commands I was going to run and after doing like three of those change plans I thought this is crazy I can't write excel spreadsheets it's gotta be a better way 85 sites right like this is just yeah this is just this is just not um efficient um it's unreliable like because wait I hold on andy's anything. laughing were you doing this this morning i've been doing this my whole career <laughs> he's, like, he's like no pad <laughs> plus Daniel, plus baby i've been migrating weigh-in sites for five years painfully manually and i've had the thought that there's got to be a better way but i haven't gotten there yet <laughs> Yeah, so at, so during that time, um, this project was quite time sensitive. So I remember like I'd never ever even used Python before, and, and one of the consulting team members back at back at the head office, because I was out at the customer site, said you should look into Paramico. Um, it's an SSH library for Python. And first thing I thought was, what's Paramico and what's Python? I know what SSH. <laughs> what's is. a library? So, <laughs> so, that's what I would have said. What the hell so, is a library? <laughs> so so i i started um you know furiously googling things and trying to work it out and you know trying to get python installed on my machine <laughs> and doing a whole bunch of other things and i basically spent i think i spent a weekend or two trying to work this out whilst writing the change plans the 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 classic way shall i say um and then i reached a point where i i i just thought there's no way I'm going to be able to work this out given the timeline pressures. So I actually abandoned automation at that point, just went back to the Excel spread, Excel spreadsheets, which worked fine. And um, the project was finished in, in about four or five months and everyone was happy and all the sites were migrated. But that triggered something in me to, to sort of identify that my current practices probably weren't going to scale hmm. um, for those larger activities. And that I needed to probably take some time to learn some new skills to help me be efficient in my current job. So then after the end of that project, I enrolled in a Python for network 
networking for Python course um, on GNS3. That was it David Bumble? No, a gentleman named Mihai. I forget his surname. Mm. But yeah, um, that went through, you know, lists, dictionaries, uh, you know, all the Python fundamentals. And I I remember the first time that I that I used uh, NetMiko, which is which is a product. It's a common network library that's used um, throughout the industry now. I remember the first time like connecting to a device and and grabbing a show command. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm never going back. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I, uh, so I, I did that course and I, I learned a lot. And then the year after I worked on, uh, an ACI implementation. So that was 2016 and a colleague of mine who, who was a lot more skilled than me. He was dual CCIE. Um, he also knew Python. Uh, he developed, uh, you know, uh, an X an Excel spreadsheet that we'd 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 fill in the values in the spreadsheet and then it would it would use the Python um, ACI toolkit and and deploy ACI constructs hmm. and this was ACI version I think one zero H or something like that so it was like hmm. oh, wow. the Early rawest on. of raw yeah. ACI implementations and um, yeah, that was the first time that I actually ran Python code doing something at work, and I just remember at the time just trying to learn anything and everything I could about it. And so he built the structure, and then I would tinker away at the code. So that's how I got into automation. And then from there, um, it's just progressed in terms of use cases, in terms of complexity, um, and yeah, that's. I would say like. That's how that came about. It's interesting because, you know, most businesses that are going through any sort of migration have, have gotten to that same point. Every network engineer that's doing any sort of migration has gotten to the exact same point that you've been at where it was like, all right, I'm not typing anymore on this crap. Most of it is like literally one number different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the the companies that I interact with, they all have well over a thousand sites right and trust me i get lost in the sauce i'm like which one is this again you know because and i can only imagine working there but there's always a a tipping point right there so what you did i think that's atypical to most folks and i'm not gonna pick on andy um is is that you were like there's gotta be a better way you googled it you found something called paramico and you're like what the hell is this and then you probably saw a couple of scripts and you saw somebody doing it maybe on a YouTube video or something. You're like, okay, what? Because I was the same way. I'm like, it's that easy. Like you just go fetch everything. And then I thought to myself like, okay, now I feel stupid because I didn't think of that before. Like why wasn't I the one that thought of automation? Like why weren't any of us? You know what I mean? Because like it, it's yeah. stuff that pisses us off on a daily basis. It's like every little thing has to be perfect and we know how configs are. And, and here it was the whole time, kind of. Um, but like, gosh, me, let me make a template. Let me, you know, I just want to type one number in and, it, and it, I could say one is my starting number increment by one and it pumps all that out. You know, just like even stuff you can do in, a, in an Excel spreadsheet, which is rad. But most people in that tipping point scenario don't, go down the road of let me just get get some automation in there maybe maybe some more now but in 2015 yeah. definitely not that was yeah not i you know i think there, there's a couple of things that to say to that right like i think early on in, in network automation there was just a lot of people going 
you need to learn Python, you need to learn Python. Hmm. And then you go and you learn Python, but it doesn't actually tell you like how this applies to network engineering. And yeah. then uh, I think some people also start down that path and they struggle so much with learning the code that they're just like, well, if I just did this the way I normally do it, it'd be done by now rather than me trying to, you know, learn quote unquote, waste time learning how to do something new. Yeah. No, yep. you're right. Yep. Yep. It can be and a lot. Like back, sorry, back in 2015, there wasn't, there wasn't DevNet. There wasn't. Right. Uh, That's what I'm saying. IP, there wasn't IPv0. There wasn't um, free YouTube resources. There wasn't network to right. code Slack. Maybe there was, I didn't know about it. There was, there wasn't anywhere near the amount of resources that there are now right so you know now now is a great time to start learning now there's 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 a mixture of free courses intermediate courses to to expensive courses that that are worth it as well there's a lot of great free blogs out there a lot of bloggers like what write about automation like what uh, getting started on your network automation with Ansible. Man, uh, only and I know Daniel's got some good that. one too. On, on who, who, wait, who, like, this is, that's a, that sounds like a great title. Do you know where we can find such an article? Absolutely. You yeah, just, where? Uh, you can just go to my blog, blog.noblinkyblinky.com. Oh, isn't that convenient? Well, AJ, the first time you showed us that Ansible demonstration, that blew my mind because <laughs> right. it's the first time I saw. And- Ansible's like, a cool oh way to get God. started for sure. Yeah. It just makes yeah. so much sense to and, a network engineer, right? And I need to, to thank totally, yeah. I need to thank the panel right now because I had a little epiphany when Daniel was talking and, and Aaron that uh, I failed out of computer programming in college and they weeded me out of computer science major because I couldn't hack C++. And I think when I got to your point, Daniel, you were talking about that this is insane. There's got to be a better way. When I reached that point and I was told it was programming... I got a block. I got some like PTSD or something that I'm like, well, <laughs> I can't do that. That's out of my, I'll never be able to do that. So I guess I'll get a job at McDonald's or something after this. Like, I don't know what to do next, but you know, I, it's just a personal thing I'm going to have to overcome because automation is here. It's at my company. Yeah. They're yeah. even offering very expensive training, but I have yep. this block in my head that I can't do it, which isn't true, but it's based on experience. And I got to get over that because, yeah. you know, this is where we are. Everything's automated now. And I just want to emphasize that it isn't easy and there'll be so much time where you'll literally just be banging your head against, you know, the figurative wall. Well, he does uh, that anyway. So what you're saying <laughs> is, <laughs> like, do you see the dent? You see the dent on his uh, desk right there? Might, might might increase keyboard? a little bit. Well, the old, Andy, the old Andy would have asked Daniel, were you a computer science major? Did you learn coding in college? I, I try to find a way to discount why you, do you did have you did two successfully kids? and I couldn't. Yeah. Right. You have kids, <laughs> but yeah. I, that's the epiphany I had, which is I just have a block about it, and I got to get over that, or I'm just going to be left behind. Yeah, after all these years, yeah. dude, you've talked yourself out of it for sure. Yeah. I, I think it was think, it was yeah. traumatic. I wanted to work in computers. They said you got to be computer science. I went in there like, all right, buckos, let's do this. Yeah. And in three weeks, they were like, you're not, you don't belong here. <laughs> you're, not, you're out. And I headed for Z Hills and got my communications degree. But they're like, you know, if I was you, I'd think about dropping this class. Um, <laughs> not there's not too many I people think, in here. <laughs> You're just yeah. sucky. Sorry, Dan. Bro- uh, no, that's okay. I think more broadly, I think we discredit how much um, network engineers are, are comfortable being uncomfortable, and uh, you know, mm. I think we discredit how much that people learn mm. um, being in networking. Like one of my best friends, he's a plumber, and um, you know, I chat to him about work, but he just his eyes glaze over. But um, I, I, I use the analogy to him. Imagine uh, uh, gravity changed every three years in plumbing. 
Um, wow. Imagine imagine how many new skills you'd have to learn. And no he's like, kidding. Oh, okay. No yeah, kidding. I get where you're coming from. So I don't I don't think you should beat yourself up about it. And you know the the reason I wanted to mention that I had a crack and then um, just decided to give up is like anything that's hard or difficult isn't going to be um, easy straight away and might need a little bit extra persistence or yep. um, sometimes you're not mentally in the right space other other times um, you might not have reached the true pain point yet. Ooh, so, maybe it's got to hurt bad enough, Andy. Maybe ooh, maybe you just haven't like hurt bad enough. Like that. Pain is always a motivator for me. You got a low but tolerance. It sounds like. Um, but did, so what but did would you, you say? hear him, Andy? He he he. Did gave you say up. I have a high tolerance? Wait. I said low tolerance actually. Um, <laughs> to be, I thought that was a dig. So to be clear. But, so Daniel, but Andy, did, Daniel, what Andy, would you did do? Did you hear what he said though? Did Did you hear what he said? He he gave up with that one project and went back to doing his spreadsheets. Yep. Right. But yeah. then he gave a crack at it again because you know it wasn't the timing was off. To, right. 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 Yeah, and then have the persistence. You know, to know that it, me, Daniel, to, to know try again, <laughs> to know that it'll it'll eventually work, and that you just didn't have like the stress capacity at that time to do that, because that's what projects do to you. They they just amplify yeah. your stress, you know. Right. And so, to know that you that that was actually so beneficial, you just couldn't get it fast enough to to be efficient with it. However, you knew that it would be at some point, like you just stuck to it. That's the lesson for sure. So then, yeah. so then, if you're if you're talking to like a guy like Andy, right, who's who did have a crack at it, but a very long time ago, what is it like? How does one then? Because you said that there's like a pain point sometimes. It's like it's all of a sudden it's just so much pain that it forces you to change. Let's say we're not there. Um, what can you do then, as just like a normal network engineer, to get yourself into this? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So there's there's a few ways you can go about it. Um, and there's a few people that I respect in their industry with their opinions as well. Such as? Um, and one thing, one, sorry? Such as? Uh, Jeremy Shulman, mm. uh, NWA Network Automaniac. Um, he, yep. he talks about this a lot. Uh, you can even start with things that aren't, you know, pushing configs or validating configs. You can start with things like um, producing spreadsheets or reading in spreadsheets and Ooh, I was doing that for you a know, while. reading in spreadsheets of IPAM data and printing it out to a screen or, yeah. or reading in spreadsheets and transforming, you know, a spreadsheet format A into spreadsheet format B. So you can start with stuff that's that's not going to cause any risk at all and just learn the fundamentals of Python or whatever the programming language you can choose that 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 you feel that you can use. And then the other the other thing that I'd recommend is um gaining access to a lab or, or building your own and, mm. and just experimenting safely. So experimenting with the consequences of my failures are trivial. So therefore, I, you know, I can, I can really try and go and actually break stuff. I mean, when, when, when we all first started out in networking, I'm sure at least one of us on this call thought, you know, what happens if, when I do plug a switch back into a, into, back into a same port? Like does Sp- does spanning tree really, <laughs> spanning tree really do what we think it does? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. In fact, you know, uh, back to back to the university example, some someone did that. Like they did it by accident, though. It's how you know, it always happens. Like, yeah. So, um, you know, you should be able to experiment safely. There's there's a couple of, of free resources online. So, 
Um, you can use the Cisco DevNet Sandbox. Mm, nice. Uh, you know, myself, I I invested in in getting an um, Intel NUC. I don't know if you know what that oh, is. Oh yeah, it's those are cool. Little computer, and I um, I run uh, a, a network simulator on there called EvenG, and then I have you know, a couple of Linux virtual machines on there as well. So you know, in, in there I've got a little, you know, one of each vendor, and if if ever I want to play around or or have something like that, that's that's what I use. But you should, you can start out with something that doesn't have to do anything with networking and just something that auto, automates something in your life. I mean, another example is, uh, you know, using Python to send emails, mm. for example. I was uh, doing it when then. I first started out to read. I was looking for something on Craigslist. Now this is kind of unethical to just like web scrape, but it was cool because I was printing it to like an Excel spreadsheet and it was like the item I was looking for where it was and how much it was and like how long it'd been online, just like stupid stuff. But it was easy to just hit a button, like run code. And then all of that, what did I save five minutes of Googling, you know, but it was cool. Like it was, it's like you were saying earlier, it's just cool to see it actually do something. And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, what else can I do with this stuff? So automate the boring (laughs) stuff. That book is awesome. Right. Yep, that, that's what I was going to mention as well. I mean, yeah. that book is is meant at your your middle office worker, not even like a, a tech savvy person. So right. that that's one that that'll get you some some productivity straight out of the gate. And I guess once you get that once you get that uh, buzz or or that feeling of I've just saved myself time, mm-hmm. uh, it's a virtuous cycle after that. Uh, it's like a drug. You save yourself an Does... hour. You're like, can I save myself a week? Yeah. Can I save myself. Here's the question: yeah. a month. If you automate, how much have you saved so far? If you automate something and you save yourself a week, do you tell anybody? <laughs> <laughs> oh, depends. Depends what it is. <laughs> He's like, I'm no, gonna I go think, ahead and um, say I'm not telling anybody. I think anybody. that's actually a, a great. I think you bring up a like. I know, I know you don't mean it like this, but oh, but I do. Um, I know what you're gonna say. Automating does save time, but I think we we get stuck on that as the, as the conception of automation is it's going to save time and we're we're going to get rid of people. Right. That's not actually what um, the business wants. The business doesn't want save time. They don't. They what they want is increased reliability at all costs. Reliability is speed. If you make anything reliable and and consistently reliable, it's it's more important to anyone than speed. And I would argue that by making something reliable um, and, and being able to rely on it being reliable, you can make more things more reliable, which means you move faster. Right. It's the classic case of the tortoise and the hare. Right. Now, when, right, right. when you say reliable, are you are you talking about like, I know some people use like automation to like self-heal a network or are you talking about like if when it make when it, does whatever config it's going to do it the exact same way every single time that it runs. Yep. Are you kind of saying everything, all of the above or, or go, go a little deeper in that. Yeah. So, um, uh, one joke I like to make is that automation, um, automates my mistakes with a hundred percent accuracy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. so, so I like that undefeated. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the point, right? It'll do exactly what you want it to do. Um, and so just being able to build things that are, that do exactly what you expect them to do. I mean, I'm a fallible human being like the rest of us. I get oh, no, tired, sad, happy, no, uninterested, motivated, excited. But but computers just compute, right? So 
Yep. They will do literally what you tell them, whether it's good or bad. It's 3 a.m. Kansas time or 3 a.m. Melbourne time. They'll good do sh- what they do. So <laughs> shout uh, out to embracing. Kansas. Yo, by the way, did you know my sister lives in Kansas? Because that was weird. You know, we're basically best friends now since earlier. You know, I'll tell you what else is reliable, though. Um, the fact that we usually try to keep this around an hour. So I'm trying to I'm trying to pump us to pump the brakes here. So what I'm going to ask you to do is give us kind of your final words of wisdom here. Like like we were making yeah. fun of it last week, like do this right now. But give us your do this right now. Like what 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 should someone like Andy be doing if he's just deathly afraid of this? Like because it's coming, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's hard to it's hard to say. I, I don't. I'm not saying that everyone should automate. I'm not. I'm not imposing that upon wow. everyone. Well, I actually it's, like it's hearing more, that. It's, it's more. It's more. Um, like take a step back from work and and just decide what you want to achieve in your life more broadly. I mean, mm. like a, a lot of us have, a lot of us enjoy work and it's and it's a, a, a large part of our identity. But you really need to understand why it is you you go to work or what motivates you and what provides you energy and what doesn't. So for Hmm. me, like I, I I enjoy doing automation because it enables me to have time with my family and, and it allows me to live a, you know, a normal life in terms of, you know, always giving my son a bath every single night or always feeding him breakfast or whatever the case may be. Um, so it enables me to, to have quality outcomes outside of work and not working at 2am in the morning. And I love it waking up grumpy or stressed or whatever the case may be. So uh, if you start with that goal in mind about what you want to achieve as a person, mm-hmm. then you may or may find that automation is, is or isn't for you. For example, if you live on the adrenaline rush of, of doing cutovers at three o'clock in the morning, I mean, you do you, you know what I mean? That's something <laughs> that you're into. You do you, you do idiot. That, but keep on, keep it <laughs> on. I'm good on that. But, but for me, you know, I, 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 I take my work seriously um, and I, I like yep. to do the best job I possibly can. Yep. But, you know, my my priorities lie outside Elsewhere. of work. You, you know, right. More than that. So that's, you work to that's, live, not live to work. Yeah. Right. And then, um, you know, someone starting out, like I, I've got a blo- I've got a blog post on, on starting your network automation journey. The Ooh. other thing I'd, I'd encourage people to do is um, reach out on, on, on Twitter or LinkedIn and Feel free to ask for advice. I've built a couple of tools that um, cater to people like Andy. I'm not going to pick on you, Andy. Just it's okay. You're you're the dude. Um, that, <laughs> you're the dude. <laughs> that that are really I, I actually built them for someone like yourself. So asking you to just fill in the minimal amount of info and and then just run it and then just see it in action so that you can you can get the Taste benefits it. without having to sit there and and write a bunch of code. One of those tools is called Day One Net Toolkit. So Sweet. it literally, you know, you put in you put in the variables and it will go and discover all all the facts it can about your network and it'll even produce an Excel spreadsheet with, you know, your device name, your serial number. Uh, Andy's the interface salivating is over on there, it, dude. You're going to get... Whether you're it's gonna... got IPv6 on it, etc. So I don't know. Andy might get in trouble running a tool like that at his work. 100%. <laughs> so, uh, so, we're, so that's we're, good. We're, we're heavily automating right the, now. It's, it's just begun. You, sir, are... Well, you had, I, I'm, did, I'm saying I, I would figure that some kind of secu- security application would think that that's malicious. Well, no, not if it's all yeah, SSH we, traffic. They're working. They're working all so, that out and building all the tools. But but Dan, you you had me at um, 
you know, saving time and having more time with, with the with family. family. Start so with it, your wife. It's all, it's all about time, right? It, it, we're only alive for a certain amount of time and yeah. I want to spend more time with my family and less time working. And the chicken or the egg is I have to invest time now so that I can save time later by automating yep. stuff. And, and that's yep. the commitment I guess I got to make. You're a smart dude. You know yeah. that? Anybody ever tell you that? So, Andy, it sounds like you, you've been afraid of what could be your freedom. All right. We're going to save that for another <laughs> one. You know, like, we're going to have to buy What am I going to complain ship, about? We're going to go ship him a couch and make him lay on yeah. it. We're all just going to consult him. Dan's going to get his uh, this voice out, and he's going to start talking to him all sexy. Like, Heck yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, Daniel, you thank, you, thank you for visiting us from the future. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for visiting us from the future because we know it's Wednesday there now. Um, it's still Tuesday here in America. I know these these all the episodes get released on a Wednesday, so that might be a little confusing if you're listening at home. But we're recording this on a Tuesday, and Daniel's actually already on Wednesday, so maybe he's already listening to the recording. We don't know. We this, <laughs> these are all still mysteries to us. Um, we really appreciate you showing up, dude. Um, we know that like you guys, you have obviously a lot of stuff that you could be doing other than you know hanging out with us, and we appreciate it. We appreciate you listening. It sounds like you'll have a lot of cool stuff. Uh, just real quickly, what is your website and your yep. Twitter handle? Uh, your Twitter handle is your, yep. your full name, but your yep. website. And my, webs- my website is blog.danielteshney.com. Oh, Probably the, the easiest one to remember is if you go to GitHub, and uh, my username on GitHub is writememe. So W-R-I-T-E-M-E-M-E. Right meme. Okay, cool. And it's a play on right memory. Yeah, yeah. but like meme, it. but memes are so much funnier. Um, so dude, you rock. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for putting up with our our uh, ig- American ignorance. <laughs> we know we got that in droves. Let me tell you, we're representing every corner of the United States here. So uh, if we weren't ignorant enough for you, we're gonna have to get some more uh, people on the show to help help uh, paint a better picture of us but dude yeah thanks for giving us the insight we appreciate all that uh the tools are rad we're gonna put your website and your at and stuff like in the show notes so that people can get to that kind of stuff uh and we'll also hopefully maybe tweet some of that stuff out too i know aj will tag you in that when we tweet the episode out and stuff but just so everybody that's listening knows, if you can go find some of those cool tools that he made, we'll, we'll, we'll make that as accessible as possible because it sounds like a really cool like entry into getting yourself started with the automation journey. So thank you so much for uh, joining us and the rest us being the rest of the team here. And for everyone here, thank you for listening. Again, if you would do us such a kind uh, bit of favorism and hit that like and subscribe button so that you can catch more shows and listen to more people like Daniel. Um, probably not from Australia, but uh, we can only be so lucky. If you got any friends, Daniel, holler at us. We'll we'd love to pick their brain too. You never know. Um, got many, got plenty of mates, Cobber. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> um, mates is friend here for those of you listening. Mate means friend. Um, <laughs> I'm just with you. Uh, I did not make a Vegemite joke when you said you feed your kid breakfast, by the way, which I did want to. And I guess me saying that right now is me making the joke. So, And it's good because no one's laughing. So on that note, we will see you next week. See ya. Hey, everyone. This is AJ. If you like what you heard today, then make sure you subscribe to our podcast and your favorite podcatcher. Smash that bell icon to get notified of all of our future episodes. Also, 
follow us on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Art of NetEng. That's Art of N-E-T-E-N-G. You can also find us on the web at artofnetworkengineering.com, where we post all of our show notes. You can read blog articles from the co-hosts and guests, and also a lot more news and info from the networking world. Thanks for listening.